Hello and welcome to How's This Not a Movie Yet, the podcast that finds cool stories in history and talks about how they could re- make really cool movies. I'm your host, Tom Courtney, and across from me is Alex Courtney. How you doing today, Alex? Oh, rather well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So today we are talking about a little-known figure from history. His name was Spirius Lingustinius, who was the most decorated Roman soldier in history. And... I think that this is going to be a really interesting podcast because whenever we talk about Rome, we talk about the emperor. We talk about the empire. We talk about uh, the nobles and the grand scale that is Rome. We never talk about the personal stories. When we think about a Roman, uh, a movie about Rome, uh, we think about the, the politics of Rome and the grand stories that happen over... Um, many years or uh, like Spartacus that that happen uh, and involve massive amount of people and uh, politics going on in Rome and and on the field and uh, the interworkings of the Roman Empire. But there's only really one movie that I could think of that is this personal story that follows just one Roman soldier and it's the movie The Eagle and it uh, stars Channing Tatum and Jamie Bell came out in 2011 it wasn't that good of a movie it wasn't well received I mean it was okay like you know it's certainly watchable uh, it's about a uh, Roman soldier who goes past Hadrian's wall in um, into Scotland and has to fight find the emblem of his father's lost legion to try and restore its honor back so because it was about the lost legion that was never seen again after marching into Scotland. So that, I guess, would be the closest thing to a personal story, uh, just about like a single person with a single purpose. But this is more of a war film, though. Oh, absolutely. This would be all about one soldier in many different wars. different battles throughout under different generals. Right. Learning different things, rising the ranks. Yeah, but the one thing about this movie would be... Spirius didn't get involved in any of the politics. Let's let's um, uh, talk about who Spirius was. Spirius was a low-born, poor farmer. Farmer uh, who was able to join the Roman Legion. Uh, the Roman Legion, of course, was the single greatest uh, army ever fielded. I mean, they were certainly the most successful. So Spirius joins the Roman Legion right after the Second Punic War, which was uh, Hannibal's final defeat. And in Rome, anyway. And Spirius, there was nothing remarkable about him. He wasn't written, like, he he seemed to have been educated, but it wasn't as if he was exceptional before he joined the military. But he went on to have probably the best military career a single... Roman legionnaire would have not not a not a general but a, a single Roman legionnaire and we know this because the Romans kept excellent history and they talk about their victories a lot of course and they talk about the awards that were given to commanders and Roman legionnaires uh, as, as well as its uh, citizens the rarest of these was they were called crowns they're like you know how we have medals they had crowns back then apparently they didn't have pin technology yet uh, the rarest crown was called the grass crown 
and that was won by a commander who was able to save an entire legion uh, that was being either surrounded or under siege. And then uh, that commander would then drive the enemy from the field with his, of course, with his own legion, not by himself. Yeah. And uh, the the legion that was saved would create him, uh, would make a grass crown out of the grass of the field that they were just saved from. And they would present it to him in a big ceremony. It was the rarest um, because really, how many times did the Romans get surrounded and were laid under siege? It didn't happen as that much uh, during when the empire was growing. It happened later on, of course, but not not yeah. in 200 BC. Uh, the other crown that we're going to talk about today uh, is called the civic crown. Uh, the civic crown could be won by a regular soldier. Uh, and it was kind of like the uh, today's Medal of Honor or the Victoria Cross or the Order of Lenin, where a Roman soldier would save another Roman soldier from death. And then that Roman soldier had to present why you should win the civic crown. It was very hard to achieve, especially because the wounds at that time, a lot of the people that were saved would actually die later on of infection, and they were never able to present uh, a plea to uh, give this their savior a, uh, a civic crown. So Spirius was a exceptional soldier. And he's a kind of soldier that a lot of legends are built after. A lot of the stories about great Roman soldiers come from this guy. Uh, and the fact that all of his histories come from a time when history was kept fairly well in Roman times, we know that these stories are pretty accurate. The good and the bad the Romans would just write it down. Right, yeah. They were just Well, they glorified honest. them. They glorified well, themselves. I mean, of course, but... all countries do. Right. Spirius had a long career. He was he fought in Spain, and then he fought in Greece, and then he fought in Spain again. Uh, he, he fought in Spain under a guy named Cato. Yeah, most of his time was spent in Spain. Yeah, most of his time was spent in Spain. Wow, that's a... That's a a sentence and a half right there. And uh, though I, I do love that when he fought in Greece, they fought at Thermopylae again. That, you know, I well, guess the, it, the people thought they could hold them off there. The 300 did it. So why couldn't they? I, I, I really just have a image in my head of the Romans standing by the goat path that, you know, led uh, the Persians around the 300 and just said, we're just going to take this. Like, we know where we know the weakness here. So, yeah, it was. Um, it was a disaster for, for the Greeks. It was not a good move. Yeah. Uh, but in Spain, when he fought in Spain for the first time uh, at the beginning of his career, he was part of the Hastati, which was the front line of the Roman legions. The Roman legions were split into three different lines. Uh, there, there were, of course, different troops and troop types, but the, the three main lines of the Roman legionnaires were the Hastati, the precepts, and the triari. And the hastati were made of the poorest, uh, least armored, and youngest troops. So they couldn't afford their uh, the, the best armor. They were assigned a sword, uh, and they had these uh, javelins. And these are some of my favorite uh, uh, weapons of all time. Uh, these javelins were like solid wood, and then it had this iron tip on it, uh, this long iron tip, and they would throw it at the at the um, the enemy. When it hit the enemy, when it hit the enemy's shields, or when it hit a body, uh, the 
javelin would break. The iron tip on the javelin would break off, so the enemy could not pick up that javelin and throw it back at the the Romans. I thought it was genius. Oh. Uh, the uh, the princeps were in the middle, and they were uh, slightly richer, much better armored, had better weaponry, uh, better, better training. Trained. Yeah, definitely better trained. Uh, and then uh, the triari were the richest. They had the best armor, and they were also the most experienced soldiers. And the the idea was that as the uh, as the battle grew heated and the histadi started to fall back, the precepts would come in, and you had these better armored, fresh troops that were better trained going in and attacking a uh, an already tired horde or an already tired army. And then when they were tired, you had your veterans, the guys who really knew what they were doing at that and point. And they just ran and on And they through. just ran, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the Legion, the Roman Legion was an incredible fighting force. And... There's a reason why the Roman Empire stood for so long. Now, at this point, it wasn't an empire. At this point, it was still a kingdom. It was still a republic. Uh, and Spirius was involved in all the fighting because while he was at Histati, he was uh, he achieved the rank of centurion, which was like a captain. And centurions were important because, first of all, you know you needed to know how to read and you needed to know how, what the plan was of attack. So while you were on the battlefield, you could actually command the troops and go where they needed to go. These guys were down in the, in the dirt and they were actually winning the, of the battle while it was happening. So Spirius became a centurion and rather quickly they, they recognized his superior intellect and his um, ability to fight. One of my favorite things about centurions, though, and what really stuck out to me, was they would be given an action and they would be told to go and, you know, take this section. But if they saw something better, they were told, trust your instincts and do that. So it was do what you do, what we tell you until you figure out something better to do. Right. And I thought that you just hand a lot of power to a smaller group of people. It it just leads to better victories. They saw the value in the experience that a battlefield decision would like. A, like um, a centurion would be able to make a battlefield decision at that moment, and the generals would know that that was important to have a a experienced soldier at this point uh, who knew what he was doing and could see the opportunities and take those opportunities when they were necessary. So, uh, yes, he served under under uh, uh, Cato in Spain, and then he served under uh, two more guys, Flaccus and uh, Gracchus. Uh, Cato went to Spain with this Roman legion to pacify it, which means kill everyone until there's peace. Like, he, he Cato had no problem of ruling a um, a pile of rubble. Yeah, he was vicious. Yes, uh, he would. Uh, if he conquered a city, he would destroy the city. He would take it apart brick by brick, and then he would move to the next city, and he would take that city apart brick by brick. And he did this all throughout the, the south of Spain. But the man they um, uh, Spurius did have a lot of respect for him. Of all living commanders, not one has shown himself a keener observer or more accurate judge of military valor. 
No, that was Spirius's. That was from Spirius's quote. Yes. Wow. No, he, he was a. Uh, he was a brutal man, though. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Now, it's not a good guy, but commanded now, his troops well. Now, Kato was then uh, relieved. He either he retired, and he was relieved by Flaccus, and Flaccus was was not as bloodthirsty. He he would rather rule out of fear. Right. Uh, he would conquer one city and then broadcast that he conquered that city to all the other cities, saying, you have no chance, we took this one apart, uh, stop your rebellion. Because what was going on in Spain at this point was uh, a sect of the Spanish, uh, known as the Celtiberians, which were a, uh, a Celt tribe that was in Spain on the Iberian Peninsula, uh, and they were known as really nasty fighters. Very, very strong. Uh, they were leading a rebellion to try and liberate Spain. So when Flaccus uh, went back to uh, Spain and uh, he needed some experienced troops, Spirius joined the legion. Uh, again, because every single time uh, one of these armies was done, uh, they would disband. Uh, it was a way to keep, none, uh, uh, not only keep the... Um, troops fresh, but also a way to stop the troops from becoming too loyal to any single commander. That's what happened with Caesar, that his his troops were not loyal to, to Rome, they were loyal to Caesar, and they believed that Caesar should be the emperor of Rome. Uh, and uh, that worked, you know, the, this whole disbanding a military or uh, giving the leadership to somebody else when they walked through another region of Rome, uh, of the empire, it worked for a long time until Caesar came and kind of threw it all into the wind. Uh, But uh, Flaccus needed experienced troops because he was going back to Spain uh, after Cato's war there. And uh, it was was pacified for a few years, and then uh, the Celtiberians rose up and they were threatening to liberate Spain from Rome. So Flaccus went with uh, Spirius, and uh, Spirius was uh, rising in the ranks all all the while. Yeah, quickly, too. They just saw his talent. Now, there were stories about how he was able to turn the tide of a battle at one point uh, on the field of uh, against the Celtiberians when he saw an opportunity to lead his troops. By now, he was in the second, the uh, the precepts, and he was able to rally his uh, his troops under his command and um, attack the flank of uh, one of the Celtiberian legions. He was able to break off an attack by the Celtiberians and save the lives of a lot of uh, the Roman legionnaires. Uh, he was also able to stop a ambush as well. Uh, and the Celtiberians, who were really looking for an easy pickings when uh, the Roman legion was walking through a valley, they got attacked on both sides. But because of some quick thinking by Flaccus and by Spirius, they were able to save their troops. That was going to be a massacre, too. Yeah. yeah it they... turned it the other way. They, I mean, the, that was the end of the war, really. Yeah. Well, once they found out they couldn't even, you know, sneak attack properly, <laughs> you kind of lost everything at that point. So so what kind of movie do we want to make about this guy? Because really, the reason why I 
the reason why I uh, we're talking about this guy was we mentioned the crowns before, with especially the civic crown, and the um, it's the equivalent of the Medal of Honor. Now, in modern history, as long as the Medal of Honor has been awarded, nineteen uh, American troops have been able to win it twice, which is remarkable because, first of all we all hope that you should never be in a situation where you actually have the chance to win a, a Medal of Honor. But if yeah, you are... or need to. Yeah. Uh, but these 19 men that won it twice, that's that's remarkable. The Civic Crown was its equivalent in, for the Roman Legion. And Spurious won it six times. Incredible. Incredible. It also it made him more of a... In so much standing that he became Triari. Well, he not only a Triari, the leader of the Triari. He was he was first spear or primus pilus. And they were primus the pilus. they were as we said earlier the richest and best. And so he was obviously extremely poor, and he was just an, an, a farmer. So he was the best. And that's how they looked at him. Yeah, uh, there are countless records from the Republic meetings uh, where they thank him for his service as they give him an yet another crown. Uh, and I love uh, uh, they could. It wasn't. You remember they don't have pins. Alex, how do they wear them? So you could, you know, put on all six of them at once, and at that point, you know, no one's going to look over and be like, wow, that's really a gaudy man. <laughs> he's actually like, wow, that's really impressive. Look how many people he's saved. Look how, look at the what he's done for this country. It's weird that they didn't have pins back in, in Roman times. It's not like it's, like, you know, alien technology. If I had the ability to wear a crown <laughs> and no one would judge me and say, why is that guy wearing a crown made of grass? I would totally wear a crown. Well, he never won a grass crown. Excuse me. Wear a crown. And they were made of gold. And, you know, I mean, like, that would be awesome. All right, so how do we make this into a movie? Because what movie are we looking for here? Okay, I, I was, you know, I have a couple of ideas, and these are the ideas I'm going to go with. We... First, right off the bat, obviously the director, Ridley Scott, number one. Well, well, oh, just let me get through this. And then, you know, I mean, clearly it's got to be Russell Crowe. And then, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix would definitely be on there. No, 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 because... Because uh, Oliver Reed's got to be in this. Um, Richard Harris, we could dig him up and... Wait. Put him back onto the onto the. Okay, are are you just are you just remaking Gladiator? No. Are you reading just the back of the DVD box? No, it's the IMDb <laughs> page. Uh, we know that this does sound a little similar to Gladiator, and it has been a long time since we've had a good sand, uh, sword and sandal epic. Uh, I think the last one was Ben Hur. That came out and just it was that was garbage. That was a garbage yeah, okay. movie. I was going to say when you said good, oh yeah, epic, no. I was going. Oh, ben Hur, really? well, no, Ben Hur came out what last year and it was it was awful. I mean, like that they, I, I don't know what they're were trying to achieve with it. So, I'm thinking that this would be like a sand and uh, a uh, sword and sandal epic, but it would be 
from a personal point of view because it's something that we don't know Rome from. Um, we know Rome as this political machine uh, and we know it as a, a, almost like a monster but we've never seen it from the point of view of one legionnaire who is willing to give his life for his fellow uh, soldiers. Well, what's what's also really important about this and you have to find the right guy to write and direct is because there's there's not much that's said about the battles. When looking up all this all these different things, I mean, you you know he was heroic, you know he did a lot of great things, but they never really talk about the battles themselves. No, the battles because these wars weren't really wars. They were just pacification expeditions. Yes. Uh, in, little... involving one legion that went into Spain to try and and stop uh Spain from breaking away from um Rome, which, you know, you could also make it from the other point of view, and it's very sad from the other point of view, but that gives you really good antagonists in this movie. Uh, And uh, I think that a really well-written antagonist would be excellent for this film, because you could feel sorry for him, but at the same time you understand the Romans' point of view. I think it would be really cool. So who who do you have directing it? I have Tony Gilroy directing it. He did... um, He wrote quite a few things uh the uh born movies uh rogue one he um did he direct the born movies too no he directed the born legacy okay which you know wasn't wasn't bad but uh again I think it's a personal he's... it's a personal story it's it's what we're looking for yes what you've picked was like the born movies are all deeply personal stories about jason born um and uh, I also know that he wrote he wrote Rogue One. Yeah. You're, and you're yes. talking you're talking about an epic movie, but it's a it's a different kind of Star Wars movie because it's it's taken from the point of view of the of these uh, rebel this small rebel band. And it's a standalone. It is, yeah. So I think that uh, he would be a perfect choice. Yeah. We were talking about Spurious. Uh, some a lot of different names came up, but I think the one that we when we landed on it, uh, we both really agreed. Was Jeremy Renner? Yeah, I think he's a uh, a good actor. You'd be about the right age at this point, right? And it does. And this movie will span his life. So you start with a middle aged person. You could make them younger, but at the same time, it won't look so strange when you make them older. Now you know, I think that it would be a really interesting story, a really interesting movie to film. Uh, through his stories of how he won each crown. Yeah, all six and, of them. Yeah, and yeah. so like what the first crown he won wins in Greece or in um, Spain the first time he's there, and, and then the the next time he's he's in Greece, and I uh, I think it would be a really cool way to keep your narrative alive by just seeing the the crowns in the background and him talking about his his past and then flashbacking to when he was a uh, a a Roman legionnaire and how he rose through the ranks and how he saved the lives of his fellow men. Uh I know I think that Jeremy Renner would be perfect. Now Kato, I I really like your choice here. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush. Now Jeffrey Rush would be perfect. Yeah, I'd say so. You could just see him pointing at, you know, being like 
destroy that entire city. <laughs> it's like, are, are you sure you don't want to inhabit it afterwards? Nope. Brick for brick, you tear it down. No, because he'd also, he could be cruel but likable. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm thinking like Barbosa when you know Barbosa being this bloodthirsty pirate, but at the same time, everybody loves Barbosa because he's so likable. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I think that he'd be really good. Uh, and uh, but um, for Flaccus, uh, Clive Owen. I w- yeah. And Clive Owen, I think, is the best. Now remember, he played he played a Roman legionnaire before. King Arthur. And and he also played a Roman legionnaire in Ned at the Museum. Did he really? <laughs> He's the Roman legionnaire. He can't get away from Rome, so that's why we have to call. We have to. We have to cast him. Yeah, yeah. And but this one, he he's uh, a step above, right? Uh, and then for Gracchus, who was more of the thinker, uh, and the one that that ends up promoting promoting him, him to, to promoting Spurius to the highest rank. I was thinking Mark Point- Portnoy. Uh, he played. Prince Edward, the Black Prince of Wales, in Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I had Campbell Scott. Right. He he was one of my he he was in a a bunch of movies that I really like. But that's a good one. Now that, the, yeah, yeah, they're, they're the both because they're both they're both really similar actors. They they both have mm-hmm. um they're both smart actors. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's that, I think that we covered everything. Uh. I, Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. You know the drill at the end of the show. You know, like us, uh, write me at howonotamovie at yahoo.com uh, if you have any suggestions. Like us on Facebook and on Twitter at howonotamovie1, the number one. Uh, I, I see that some a lot of you guys have been liking me lately and uh, following me. That, that's exciting. And um, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I, I really appreciate it because it's just fun. It's just fun. I enjoy myself. Yeah, I know. All right, Alex. Uh, <laughs> say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, guys. And uh, you have a nice night, I guess. I don't know. I, I Still, I don't have a sign-off.